All right, ladies, welcome in everyone live to That's What B Said. I'm your host, Bree at Breezy Clee. Uh, you can find me there on Twitter. I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Brittany at Bird's Eye View on Twitter. Hello, Brittany. Hello, everyone. And Miss Meredith at MKN Sports on Twitter. Hi, Meredith. Hello. Welcome in, everyone. We are coming to you live on a little bit of a different platform than you're used to. We are on the Heavy on Browns Facebook page, which we are so happy to be there. Uh, we also are elated to be joining you all on a Wednesday evening, the day that the Cleveland Browns football has returned. Training camp day one. Yay! Guys <laughs> ran around in shorts and a t-shirt! We get actual football and not made-up lists and made-up stories. I mean, there's probably still a lot of that. Oh, there were there were still made up lists. Um, I forget one of the authors with the Athletic posted um, his list of like tiered quarterbacks today, and Baker Mayfield was like seventeenth tier three or something like that. And I was like, oh, I don't know oh, about that. So I'm we so still we we still have those lists coming. Um, I I don't really pay attention to them anymore because I just feel like the results <laughs> on the field are going to speak for themselves. Yeah. It's good to talk about, right? It's good for these shows. It's good for ESPN and all of those other national shows that like to spend hours debating things that we're going to find out eventually about. Uh, but for those that are new to our show, um, we are three ladies that started a podcast in October of 2019 if we need to remind you of what time that was, Freddie Kitchens was still the head coach. The Browns were a dumpster fire, and we rode that wave all the way through when things were not so great. We had an amazing time together chatting Browns football and all things Cleveland sports. So we thank you for tuning in to us. If you're new, we hope that you like us. Um, we are hoping that there's a lot more good times to be had this year as we embark on 2021. Uh, but for tonight's episode, we are going to talk about, of course, the training camp, we have a fun little giveaway lined up later in the show, so be sure to stick around for that. All you have to do is comment in order to enter into the giveaway. But ladies, let's kick off. The dogs have landed. The Cleveland Browns took to the practice field in Berea today, kicking off the official 2021 season. We are officially two weeks away from the first preseason game. It is August this weekend. Did this come fast or what? I feel like it was just February. I feel like there are days when it feels like it went really fast. And then there are days where it feels like it's been a year. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just depends yeah. on the day. Because you think about the playoff game, you know, when they played Pittsburgh. And sometimes it's like, wow, that feels like last week. And then I'm like, Jesus, was that like, uh, you know, two two years ago? So I don't know. Like time, is time even real anymore? Ladies, no, who's this time? Time is a construct. I felt like this summer went by really slowly, and I think it's probably just because I like didn't do anything that I would normally do in the summertime, which is like <laughs> travel, go see my family, like things like after football season just picked up for me and then never slowed down. And so I've just been working nonstop all summer, and then I was like, oh, more work, let's go. I agree yeah. with Aunt Angie just said time doesn't matter. I time doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So we talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago on our show, but I was saying how I actually love the month of August um, because it's it's kind of that 
the excitement building for football season to start. Fall season is amazing, in my opinion. You get a little bit of cooler weather in the evenings, but you still kind of have those summer days. You're leading up to this really fun time frame. You have to remember not to think about what's coming after fall, you know, the winter time. But I just like the anticipation of what August brings. So I am so excited for this weekend to come and for football to be on our TVs pretty much every week until February. Like that's wild to think about again. Yeah. So we have like a, I, it's almost like a preseason bye week because there's only three preseason games this year. Yeah. So we'll get the first three games. And then I believe Labor Day weekend, there's no games and they're making their Ugh. final roster cuts. I think I'll have to double check on those dates, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's going this year is Labor Day, no games, roster cuts happen that weekend. And then like first or second week of September, we're into the regular season for 17 games, 17 games this year. 17 games mm -hmm. yeah and the I mean I know we weren't we didn't have a show last week but obviously there's been a lot of changes already underway for the NFL so it's going to be an interesting season because clearly COVID isn't going away it's it's already impacting NFL teams regardless of vaccinated or unvaccinated players and coaches so it's going to be another wild season yes all right so let's kick off with some news from today uh, obviously, players reported, coaches reported. Kevin Stefanski kicked off with speaking to the media today. Uh, there were a couple of key points I wanted to bring up to you guys to get your thoughts on. In my opinion, nothing was surprising from what Kevin said. He seemed like the same even-keeled, very straight shooter, not going to give too much away, uh, not going to cause any type of drama in the locker room based on answering his question. So the first thing that I thought was interesting was um, he commented that he respected the players' decisions to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. And he also would not share the rate of his team, which I thought was interesting because uh, there have been reports out there of uh, other NFL teams sharing their vaccination rate, but Kevin Stefanski would not share the teams. Did you guys happen to catch that? Yeah, so his exact quote was, and I put it in our rundown, uh, quote unquote, trending in the right direction <laughs> with vaccinations. And I laughed at that quote because I was like, yeah, like when my dad asked me how my physics test went in high school and I <laughs> didn't do well, be like, you know, dad, I'm trending in the right direction. Yeah, I, you think this means we're like the Browns right now are like a C? Like, are we like average? It's hard to tell because I know, at least in Major League Baseball, in order to, in order for everyone to be unmasked in the dugout, the entire team and organization has to have an 85% vaccination rate. I don't know if the NFL has a, um, a delineation the way Major League Baseball does, but I mean, I don't know what trending in the right direction means. <laughs> like, it could literally mean anything, and... Like it's, it's very Kevin Stefanski. Exactly. I like the fact that he didn't go into specifics about it. I yep. like that because this has become such a controversial thing, whether or not people are vaccinated, mm -hmm. you don't want to give another reason for there to be any sort of conflict. Yep. And whether it be, you know, with media and the players or players versus players, Kevin Stefanski, again, being the great leader that he is, walks the line and says, you know what? I'm not going to talk about this, especially publicly. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. I'm not going to say whether we're doing great or terribly with the vaccinations. I'm just not going to say anything. And I like that's, that's a leader. That's the coach that I want for the Browns. 
So I will say this, and I want to say it was Miles Garrett who said it was either Miles or Jarvis, but they were also asked about vaccination and someone asked them whether or not they thought, yeah, whether they thought the vaccinated players versus the unvaccinated players would kind of cause a division in the locker room. And the thing that he said that stuck out to me, he said, not this group. Yes. That, that I think is very significant because that tells me that even even if you do have players choosing to not get vaccinated, it's not something that is going to affect the team as a whole, which is right. very good because, you know, if if there is, even if there's like little scuffles in the locker room, it's going to show up on the field. Like they're not going to be having the chemistry that they need. They're not going to be making the connections that they need to make on the field. So the fact that Jarvis was very specific and not this group, I think says a lot. I'm Jenna. laughing. Jenna just commented. And we, have to, we have to bring this up. She said, can't yes. imagine what news would be out there regarding vaccinations if he was still the coach, the ringleader of throwing people under the bus. And it's so true. Oh but then you, you also think about Freddie Kitchens. Who like, I imagine. Think been so, and, and I don't know why he just gives me that like anti-vax, you know, vibe Freddie does. So I can imagine that he would not handle any of this well at all. Uh, yeah, not only not only would Hugh throw people under the bus, according to him, he's the one driving the bus. Remember, driving, throwing people and then running them over. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we are in really good hands. A lot of people in the comments are saying the same thing. Like they are so thankful and grateful to have Kevin Stefanski leading this team, not only as a head coach, but then you have Andrew Barry at the helm as well. And once again, this is another really important thing to point out: is they are just in alignment. So. We know that they're in alignment when it comes to the way they want to play football, the way they want to run the organization, but they are also aligned for things like this as well. So it is just a breath of fresh air for us as Browns fans to have these two men leading this franchise. And Jarvis is 100% correct. Like if this was two years ago with Freddie Kitchens, there's no way he's saying this quote. No way. Oh, and there would, you know, there would be infighting, just not, not among the, not, not only among the, coaching staff but there'd be infighting among the players too yeah agreed sure so a couple other things i want to touch on from kevin today so he was asked about super bowl expectations obviously you guys have seen the lists the browns are up there in a lot of cases even if people are questioning some of the players on the team they are still in conversation about making a super bowl run as they should be mm-hmm. kevin Stefanski said of course it's easy to talk about, a lot harder to do. And he he also said that all 32 teams are having this conversation. Like, they all are talking about the Super Bowl. But again, it definitely feels like after the season that they had last year, under the circumstances that they had last year, returning the entire offense, returning the entire coaching staff, and then getting heavily upgraded on defense, they should be in the discussion. So without saying anything and giving anything away, you know, do you think Kevin Stefanski is feeling the pressure for these expectations going into this season? If he's feeling pressure, he's not letting us know that he's feeling pressure. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's I mean. Doing, cool. uh, he's, yes. He's calm and collected and he's not going to give us too much information. And he says all the right things. So, you know, he says, uh, you know, uh, it's easy to talk about. Well, of course it is, Kevin. Like, but we still want to talk about it. We're going to talk about it every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he also said that, like, he he treats each year like individually. You know yeah. that he's not looking at last year 
basing things on on last year that he's you know that this he's essentially treating this season like it's a vacuum which is what he should be doing because you don't want to get too hyped up over what happened last season you don't want to get too hyped. i mean Giannis Antetokounmpo was the one who said that that like looking in the past is ego looking to the future is pride and i feel like Kevin Stefanski kind of said that without saying that in in talking about how this is a new new year, new season, new everything. Yes. You guys know my favorite saying. This goes for my work life. Very it applies to that, but it also applies to the Cleveland Browns. History is a mystery. Trend is your friend. The Browns are <laughs> trending in the right direction, right? Kevin Stefanski quoted the same thing. We're gonna go with the trend. We're just gonna roll with it. Um, one of my favorite things that he said today, uh, he was asked about the vibe of this season in comparison to last season. <laughs> and his response was, I'm not very good on measuring vibes. <laughs> this was like such a dad response. To me. He is the biggest dad maybe <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm thing. actually, I'm actually shocked that he doesn't show up to training camp in like high ankle socks and new balance shoes. <laughs> <laughs> You think but he you know his lawn in that? Oh yeah, but you know if he did, like he would look so good doing it. <laughs> <laughs> He'd bring back the dad shoes for sure. Oh yeah, Harry Mollis sure. rocks yeah. the New Balance, doesn't he? Or does yeah, he rock I, the Nike? I can honestly picture all three of our dads saying, "You know, I'm not real good at measuring vibes," and they're like 25 <laughs> years older than Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, love that man. Love that man. Okay, so we talked about Jarvis a little bit in his press conference. Um, One of the things that we did want to point out that we thought was probably the most important thing, he made the comment that this is the most talented team he's ever been a part of. Very, very strong words from number 80. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think he also talked about continuity and that like when he was in Miami, there was maybe only one year of continuity. Other than that, it was different quarterback, different regime, different everything from year to year. So... I think he's excited that it that the offense is pretty much completely unchanged since last year. And then the defense has only just been added pieces to get better. So yeah, it's just what Andrew Barry did with this team is like mind boggling. It's so good. Like I still can't like I still can't get over how good he was at signing free agents and drafting people. Like it just it blows my mind how smart and talented that man is in the GM spot. Yeah. Also worth noting, wasn't it Adam Gase who sent Jarvis to Cleveland as like punishment? Yeah. Yes. He's yes. like, we're sending you to Cleveland, buddy. And look how the tables have turned, Adam. <laughs> my, 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 how the turntables. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. See ya. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to Baker Mayfield. Um, so, you know, the big reveal this week was all about the uniforms, the shadow box uniforms, the 75th anniversary throwback. Uh, you know, we've talked about this on our show before with uniforms. There are so many people that are just laser focused on uniforms and they care very much about every little detail. Uh, I think they look cool. These were also leaked on eBay. I think it's like, I don't know, like four months ago or something. And we talked about it. Oh my and gosh. here they are. They were the big surprise. But Baker Mayfield um, looked pretty fire in his uniform. Not going to lie. Like, they look fresh, these uniforms, with the white and then the big blocking numbers. Um, so yeah. he posted himself, and he quoted a song. And then he also said, year four incoming for this small, incapable walk-on. So this was his IG post yesterday leading up to camp. I have to ask you guys. Does this mean we're getting underdog Baker back? 
Listen, I'm, I hope not. Like I, yeah, you're at the point now, Baker, where you're good, and you don't have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're good. You don't have to keep doing this. You're not a walk on anymore. You're the franchise quarterback now. You, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was gonna say. He is yeah. staring down a fifth year. Like he's got his fifth year option, but like he's staring down the barrel of an extension. So if he's trying to come out here and say. Oh no, guys! I'm the underdog. Andrew Bear is going to be like, okay, twenty million a year for you, <laughs> right? You get underdog money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the underdog contract. No, exactly. I feel like I feel like with Baker, if this helps him, you know, step up his game, if this helps him be a better quarterback or try harder, I'm all for it. You know, the bulletin board material—that's all nice. If if it helps him, I don't. Who are we to say that it even does? There's a very good chance that we just like bring this narrative to the table. Yeah. And it never existed to begin with. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, if it helps, cool. If like I'd rather he just go out there and play like a franchise quarterback, though. That's it. Agreed. A hundred percent. A franchise quarterback or a system quarterback. Be more <laughs> How about a game manager? <laughs> okay. Can I just say? Can I just say? If I if I were to take a shot for every time I hear the word system quarterback, not just about Baker, I like I'd be in the hospital with alcohol poisoning because yep. you want to know something. Every quarterback is a system quarterback. Like, here's the thing. So, like, let's take Lamar Jackson, for example. So he is a very strong running quarterback. He's also really accurate in the in the in the long game, too. So like, are you going to bring in somebody like that? I mean, are you gonna bring in somebody like that and be like, you know what? we're going to give you all of these subpar running backs that don't run as fast as you. And we're just going to have you hand it off every single time. Like that's not what you're going to do. Like that, that's actually what happened with RG three when he was first drafted to the Washington football team. Like they really needed a, a, a high skilled pocket passer. And that just wasn't RG three. He was another rushing quarterback and he just never fit into that system ever. And so like every quarterback is a system quarterback, because if you're not building your offense around what your talents are, you're going to have a failure of a team. And we have seen that happen before. Right. Like if Lamar Jackson didn't go to Baltimore, if he went anywhere else, Baltimore was ready. They put all their chips on it. They said, we're all in on this guy. So we're going to tailor this offense to, you know, be perfect for Lamar Jackson. So they tailored their system for Lamar's strength, making him a perfect example of a system quarterback. I don't think people dun, understand, dun, dun. like, if you say system quarterback, all you're saying is that this quarterback is on a team that tailors a system to fit their strengths, which is what good teams do. That's what every good team does. So I, either yes. they're all system quarterbacks or you could just stop saying it. Yeah, someone, uh, Michael is in the comments, he just commented that there's going to be a lot of people who need to apologize to Mayfield this year. And I have to agree. I, I saw a clip on Twitter. I haven't been online that much this week, but I did happen to catch a clip. I think it was Brandon Marshall. Did you guys, I don't know if you guys happened to see this I didn't clip. See it, no. On Baker Mayfield, he pretty much said that he doesn't believe that the Browns are Super Bowl contenders because of Baker Mayfield specifically, because of who their quarterback is. And his reasoning was, is because Baker has too much talent around him. That's the thing. Like they, he is the only quarterback I know I that gets penalized for having, for having good running backs, for having a good offensive line, for having good wide receivers. And they look at him and say, you're the weakest link of this. Well, fine. Like, you know, <laughs> if Baker Mayfield is the weakest link on an offense, I, I'm great with that. And also I was thinking, he's like, you know, uh, mediocre quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls. Uh, 
Yes, they do. Have you ever heard of a guy named Trent Dilfer? Totally. <laughs> and he's already leagues above, Baker Mayfield's leagues above Trent Dilfer right now. So don't tell me that this isn't, you know, I got so upset when I saw it. I was like, I can't, maybe I should just get off social media. Yes. Was it. Yeah. It's, yeah I, it's wild what people knock Baker about. If Baker Mayfield, and I like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to take it back. Okay. So I'm putting this in the universe and I'm going to immediately tell the universe to send it back. If Baker Mayfield got COVID, can you imagine all the storylines around it? it? He would be getting destroyed. It, like it would be all his fault. It would be Baker Mayfield doesn't take his job seriously. Baker Mayfield shouldn't get a contract extension. Baker Mayfield is ruining yeah. the Browns season this year by being irresponsible. I mean, it would be just a barrage of hate for Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah. So, you know, that prompt on TikTok where it's like, what celebrity was treated wrong in the moment that everyone needs to apologize for to and like everyone's bringing up britney spears of course hashtag free britney but like i feel like that prompt goes well with baker mayfield right now because i feel like every mayfield doubter even before the season starts owes him an apology sure yes i agree with you 100 percent. i do have to bring up though going back to the underdog mentality I mean, I hate like bringing up the past, but like it is funny to think about now. In 2019, do you guys remember like after every loss, after every like, after every Baker Mayfield mistake, interception, embarrassing press conference and quotes, like we would all be on Twitter defending him, being like, guys, just wait. Baker's mad. He's got that chip on your shoulder. Like, wait until the next game. And then the next game he threw like another interception. <laughs> I just I wish we had one of those men in black things where we could all just like erase 2019 completely. The flashy thing. Yeah. There's so many cringy moments of fandom when we look back. I'm like, imagine going through your like social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, from like 2019, like Brown's post. Oh, I, I get the, I get the, I get the time hops. Do you guys not get the time hops? Because I don't have to. Hilarious. I refuse to get time hop. I don't want to oh, know what I said like it. three years ago. I mean. I think I got turned off of Time Hop when there were I had friends from like high school, college that I still follow on social media and like their only posts are Time Hops from five to seven years ago. And so I had to like completely like mute them because I'm like, I can't deal with this. Like I saw these tweets seven years ago. Okay. Like I don't need to see them again. Oh, well, the good news about Baker is our good friend of the show, Cameron Justice, uh, she tweeted to that Baker was throwing lasers. So just saying yeah yeah i mean he was looking what lean actually is supposed to look like yes he (laughs) was actually lean (laughs) (laughs) yes i just like i was dying when adam Schefter tweeted out the oh lean mean blah blah big ben i was like He's got a muffin top, man. Like, why does why does Schefter like the Steelers so much? I don't understand. I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. He's I, just a I fan really girl for them. It's uncomfortable. Do you remember last Lean. year though when Big Ben was like, <laughs> he was in that like high school gym throwing the football and they looked like just lame ducks. He was like throwing and it was like I think a I think a Steelers fan posted it. But he was like, no, I think the Steelers, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that guy, that radio host that posted it. He's like, I wouldn't want to be anyone. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be the AFC North right now. Look at him. So scary. We're like, what is this? Like, he was like (laughs) totally disheveled and like probably a little too pudgy. 
Yeah, but, yeah I mean, Baker's looking good. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I will give Ben Roethlisberger credit. He definitely does look trimmer this year than he was last year. But the fact that it was like, I don't know, three weeks ago, they were going nuts in Pittsburgh because someone was saying like, oh yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, he's been doing the TB12 method. Like you're not even going to recognize him when he comes into training camp. And then he shows up looking like that. And then he's saying, well, no, I didn't do the TB12 method. I'm like, yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, so also a couple other things we wanted to talk about when it comes to injuries um, and some rookies we are keeping our eye on. Um, news broke obviously earlier in the week on Sunday that Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was sidelined due to COVID-19. So he's on the reserve list. Um, it has been confirmed that while he's not able to participate on the field, he has been joining in on all virtual meetings. Still doesn't sound like there's a timetable yet for his return. Kevin Stefanski did not make mention of that. Uh, Brittany, Obviously, this is your guy, you know, Notre Dame guy. You were so excited to have him um, picked in the draft. I was pretty bummed about this. I was I was really looking forward to seeing him on the field during camp. You know, you heard about him at the rookie mini camp, just making a major impact flying around the field. So this was one that I'm like, man, I would have loved to have had him like for this moment in time. Do you have any concerns that he's not there? I showed up. So I went out for a little bit on Sunday, just met some people like for a drink and they said mollus jeremiah and i said i don't even want to talk about it i don't even want to talk about it like it hurts my heart that this is a situation right now yeah. i'm not going to get into the whole COVID thing but you know it would have been so nice for him to to be there and not have to miss this time and to to you know prove to everyone that hey like i i fell back in the drive i was what was the 50 second pick like He's so much more than that. And I'm just very excited for people to eventually see it. And I'm just disappointed that this little setback happened. Not totally concerned with, you know, how he's going to bounce back, when he's going to bounce, but he will. But, you know, that was, that was very disappointing to hear. Yeah. And one of the reasons why Kevin Stefanski didn't give a timetable on his return is because it, it goes back to him trying to keep his players' vaccination status as private. Um, So if an unvaccinated player gets COVID, then they have to quarantine for at least uh, 10 days. If they have been vaccinated, they only need negative COVID tests 24 hours apart. So if JOK has been vaccinated, he could be back as early as Monday. If he's not vaccinated, he's going to be out for 10 days. So I think that's one of the reasons why he wasn't given a timetable for a return, because Kevin Stefanski is trying to keep that under wraps. Um, But, you know, if it's like, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, and he's still not back on the field. Like, I'm pretty sure you can draw your own conclusions from that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and also I'm not going to like, I don't think we should judge him because we have seen time and time again, people do everything they're supposed to do and still wind up catching COVID. And we just have to hope and assume that JOK was doing everything. And like, maybe he just, you know, picked it up at like the grocery store or something like that unknowingly. Like that's, you know, that that's all we can hope for and we can hope that you know he comes back stronger than ever someone just asked the question did you see that about Joe yeah I, I was gonna i was gonna bring that up go ahead Brittany. uh okay was redesign the defense around the player strengths including jok does that affect the plan i would say no um it's so early and you know the, joe woods has his work cut out for him and i don't even know that jok is going to be like a starter on this team i think he, obviously he's a rookie he's good but he's gonna have to like prove his worth and 
and uh, show his skills. So I don't think, you know, as far as the the redesign and I think I think he's going to be okay. I don't think this is going to affect the plan for that. And plus, if you think about it, like Andrew Barry brought in Jadavion Clowney and Troy Hill and John Johnson III and Tack McKinley, like the amount of veteran presence that he brought sure. in, I would actually be really surprised if we saw any of the rookies out on the field week one. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think that this is something that's go- going to affect the Browns' immediate plans because they're probably trying to figure out what where they want to place the veterans and how they want to put those pieces together. And then you're going to have people like Greg Newsom and JOK who are just probably going to wind up as depth pieces, you know, behind the veterans. Yeah. That was a good yeah. question, Lily. It is a good Great question. question. And, and fantastic question. I would also say like the, I mean, the only thing I would say is, you know, the defense has obviously changed over the most on this team pretty drastically. And I think Joe Woods probably has, a lot of changes that he's making based on what they were running last year. So that's my only thing is, you know, there's not a lot of time to install that defense to be together as groups before the season kicks off. And there's a pretty tough matchup week one against the chiefs, you know? So he's going to have his biggest test kicked off at the beginning of the season already with a new defense, a bunch of new faces that haven't played together. So for me, you know, JOK, there's something you can do about it now. But then when you have all these other things on the defense side kind of piling on top of that, you know, Greedy Williams today was on the field. He walked off um, with an athletic trainer. It, we now know that that was mostly heat related, but I, I immediately saw a couple of reports out there about Greedy walking off the field. And then it was the all the fans drawing conclusions of like, oh, here we go again, like not going to be able to count on Greedy. And, and all of these things just kind of snowballing on top of that. So I would just say, you know, I want the defense to be able to get as many reps as possible together, knowing that, that they're going to face, obviously, a very tough Chiefs offense week one. Although, in reality, we would really like the defense to be on the field as little as possible because <laughs> if the defense on, is on the field, that means the Browns aren't in a position to score unless you get a defensive touchdown or something like that. So maybe we don't want the defense on the field that much, at least during the games. We want Baker Mayfield out there with all his guys, his entire yeah. system. Yes. It was just funny, though, because that was like the one negative that came out of today. And that's like what the fans latched on to. Uh, you know, like some of the some of the reactions were like the most predictable tweet of the NFL season. Dowdy makes the team this year. That was quick, even for greedy. I mean, yikes. Guys struggling through a nerve injury. Like we have no yeah. idea, no idea, like what can come of that. Um, and those are tough. I want to add something in here real fast. So the one tweet that said the most predictable tweet of the NFL season, somebody responded and they said this, and this is the year David Njoku will have a break. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> that made me laugh a lot. Listen, because I, I say that all the time. Like I'm always okay. saying this is, just, this is Njoku's time. I've drafted that man on my fantasy team as my yes, tight end one yes. like the last three years and he's yes. let me down. So not this year and he'll probably have a breakout year. So we'll just go with that. Um, all right. So to wrap up kind of the injury front. So the only other point I wanted to make here was it feels very weird to say this because unlike every other year, 
it definitely feels like every day in training camp means something. It's going to matter for these players to make the team and to make the roster. Like, I don't think we had to worry about that before. Like, we knew who was going to make the roster and who wasn't. Like, I think there's going to be some good players that aren't going to make this team oh, this yeah. year. I've, I've been shouting that for months. So if you remember, like, go back into the Wayback Machine and go into, the, like, the depths of your memories, like, that you've been trying to suppress, the Browns have typically been the team that has been, like, salivating at other teams' cuts and trying yes. to snatch <laughs> those guys up uh, before other teams do because the guys that they cut – we're nowhere near as talented as what the other teams were cutting. Like the tables have turned. Like there are going to be other teams that are going to be salivating at who the Browns cut because they are going to cut some really, really talented players because they have no choice. Like this roster where it stands at 90 men is beyond stacked. So yeah, like in, in past years where the Browns have been the ones who've tried to go in and, and grab all the, the cuts from every other team from, you know, like the Patriots or whatever team was on top at the time, you know, now it's, it's opposite. You're going to see some of those teams on the fringe looking at who the Browns are cutting and saying, Oh my God, we got to grab that guy. We got to get that guy within minutes of him getting cut. Yep. Yep. And for all of you in the comments asking us who we think won't make the team, don't worry. We have our little game coming up and and there's going to be a couple of questions that we're going to have to fill in the blank for. So stick around for that. I want to hear what other people are thinking as well. Um, to shift gears a little bit, we um, want to talk about the comeback, the comeback year that I think is actually possible for Odell Beckham Jr., uh, so obviously this news broke yesterday that both Odell Beckham Jr. and safety Grant Delpit passed their physicals. They were cleared from the pup list. Um, pretty incredible milestone, specifically for OBJ, considering that he tore his ACL a mere nine months ago in that game against Cincinnati. And then Delpit, we know, tore his Achilles um, during training camp last year. But to stick with Odell, he had his youth camp um, over the weekend, and he had a chance, obviously, to speak to media members there as well. And when OBJ went down that October, you know, he kind of went dark on his social media platforms. He wasn't saying much about the, the Browns. He wasn't commenting on their successful season. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of fans took notice to Odell, his lack of interaction or comments about the team, uh, which people love to, to, to bring up, you know, Odell took down his pictures where he's wearing a Browns uniform. <laughs> it's like all the speculation, like he hates the Browns. He doesn't want to be part of the team. So it was nice because he spoke to the media and really explained like what he was going through during that process. And I wanted to read a couple of things here. It's going to segue into a little bit of a different conversation. So Odell said, I came back for a reason. Something feels special about this team. And he also noted that the game that hurt the most to watch was against Kansas City because he felt like he could have made an impact in that game. He also talked about people not having an understanding or an idea of what it feels like to put everything into the game. You give up, you know, your offseason, put in all the hard work, and then it just gets ended short, you know, unexpectedly. And he said he's been through injuries before. He's he's had surgeries. He had um, the hernia hernia issue. He shattered his ankle, and he he said this approach for him was the third time's the charm, and he felt like it balanced him out. 
but more so he talked about the mental side and being able to reflect on decisions, reflect on himself, his life, and make adjustments. And he said that he has had so much growth over that time. And he's in a very different place. And he's excited to be back. And you could feel this when he was speaking. Like, I think Odell just gets a very bad rap. Uh, I think he's definitely a very, I think he's a deep, emotional human. And sometimes I think he expresses that in very different ways. But I want to talk about what Odell talked about, especially from the mental aspect of it, because this was before Simone Biles withdrew from the team event on Tuesday. And today we find out that she's also withdrawing from the individual event. And it's top of mind for a lot of people. There have been a lot of discussions on social media today about the mental health of athletes, mental health of everyone, just to be honest with you. Um, and I want to bring up to you guys, like, why does it feel like this topic is so controversial and debatable? So for me, I think people fear what they don't understand. And, you know, when you look at these athletes specifically, a lot of times you forget that these people are just human beings, like before anything else, you know, their sons, daughters, um, you know, they are humans and they feel every bit as much as we feel about, you know, anything, life, love, religion, whatever it is, like they feel it too. Um, and I think when it comes to mental health, a lot of people, especially, I don't want to, you know, generalize, but you see a lot of older people um, not understanding the importance of mental health. And it's because you know, they were raised that just toughen up, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's the solution for everybody. You just got to stick it out and toughen up and, you know, pick yourself up. But the thing that we're not focusing on is that mental health is every bit as important as physical health, not for mm -hmm. just athletes, for everyone. You know, uh, going to, to therapy, taking care of yourself, taking mental health days, just doing stuff to make sure that your mind is right. That's so important to your quality of life. And I honestly think that there's uh, like a stigma around it just because people don't understand it. They don't, they don't understand why you can't just toughen up, why you can't just, you know, pick yourself up. You know, depression isn't real, all that stuff. We've all heard it. I mean, you've heard it from, from everyone. You, you've been hearing it the past couple of days because, yep. you know, the, the Simone Biles thing. And it's, it's sad, and I wish that we could just be more open about it. I wish that people mm -hmm. would take time to, to really evaluate their own mental health. Say, hey, you know what, I'm sitting here attacking this. Maybe I should think about you know, what I'm doing is this behavior, like, <laughs> I'm thinking about all the, the nastiness you see on social media. I'd be like, is this behavior good? Is this, <laughs> is this what mentally well people do? Probably not. So you know, if you're in that position, maybe it's time to start looking into different solutions for you. I think also with mental health, it's, it's an invisible injury. Like, yes. you know, like for example, with OBJ's torn ACL. If it was only about the ACL, we know what that entails. It entails surgery and physical therapy. Whereas if you have anxiety, depression, debilitating OCD, stuff like that, that's a much more complicated fix than just 
throwing medicine at it or going under the knife for it. And I feel like people don't take these like invisible injuries as seriously as they take the physical injuries because they can't see it, you know, and, and a lot of times, especially if you have, um, you know, if you have these mental roadblocks and you want to go to therapy for it, there's a lot of like internalizing that you have to do in order to progress. And it's really difficult and it is a much rockier road than physical therapy or medicine or surgery. Cause that's the type of thing where you can go, you know, five steps forward, but then six steps back. So like there's, and you know, and then the smallest thing could set you back. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why mental health is such a difficult topic because people, people are afraid to admit it. Cause I think also, you know, once they start taking it seriously, like Brittany said, they'll probably start to realize like, maybe, maybe what I'm doing isn't healthy and it's because my mentals aren't square. So, you know, I think that's why a lot of people maybe have trouble uh, accepting it because then they would have to reflect on their own behaviors and their own actions. And they don't want to do that because that's a really tough conversation to just have with yourself. Yeah. And I think um, in, in this case, like athletes, number one, we live in an age of social media. So there's no escaping if you're on that platform, the things that are out there. And that can also be really challenging when you're when you're already struggling internally and you may not even be active on social media, but there are people on social media talking about you. Or if you turn on a news channel, you know, if you're Simone Biles, like you turn on any TV channel and, and you're the topic of conversation, you know, it's almost like you have to avoid the outside world because you're on this platform and because of a decision that you make and how you're feeling and what you're dealing with internally is being talked about by everyone else. And it's almost unavoidable. So I think for an athlete and for someone in that, in that light, they can't even turn it off. Like they, they physically have to shut down. And when you're already going through something like that, like that may be even more challenging for you to, to experience that. But I think these athletes, they're supposed to be tough, right? They're physically tough. I mean, yeah. Simone Biles is one of, she's the best gymnast in the world. She's strong. She embodies that strength. Odell Beckham, these football players, they're strong. I mean, for goodness sake, they're tackling people. They're getting tackled. Like they are playing a game where physicality is a key component to winning. And it's really hard, I think, for people to wrap their heads around that these physically gifted and talented and strong individuals struggle when it comes to the mental side. I really do think people have a hard time grasping that they make millions of dollars, right? That's, that's what everyone says. They make millions of dollars. They get to travel all over the place. They, they should just be happy, right? Because money solves everything. Like, no, that's, that's not the case at all. Like you can make a ton of money and still struggle with mental illness. You can clearly, clearly. Absolutely. And another thing that I don't think people, people who don't know much about mental health or, you know, all this stuff, it's not just mental. Like once it, it's sort of like an infection. Once it gets yeah. in your brain, it very much turns into a physical disease as well. Yes. You are, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, you know, I went through a long bout of, I had generalized anxiety disorder for a couple of years. I couldn't eat anything like for years. I probably lost like 30, 40 pounds, which, you know, I'm pretty small framed anyway. So imagine what that was like, but you, your brain just 
becomes like this prison that you're locked into and you can't get out of it. There's nothing you could do, but I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. And this was, this went on for years. So, you know, when people say, well, it's just, you know, no, it's everything. It affects every single, it affects your relationships. It affects, you know, friendships, the way you work, any kind of hobbies that you have, it's, it's debilitating. So, you know, take this stuff seriously. If an athlete, think about how serious she has to feel about this. If she's pulling out of the Olympics because her mental health's not great. Imagine how serious it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think she came out today and she said she came down with a bout of the twisties. So if you don't know what that is, um, it's essentially, it's a type of vertigo where you get lost. Like you, you, your orientation to the ground is out of whack. So for her, you know, she's doing triple flips with double twists. She's doing these death defying feats of athleticism and if she can't figure out where the ground is she could die like she could land on her head and die like i uh like i was on swim and dive team for from ages eight to 18 uh i was on the varsity team in high school i i dove for team usa i was nowhere near the olympics but i had a an olympic track at one point and i remember we would have gymnasts come in and try diving and a lot of them would get cut from the team because they physically couldn't land head first in the water because they trained their bodies to never land head first. Cause if you do that, <laughs> you die. And that's, and I think that's exactly what Simone's coach saw was she saw her getting lost in the air and said, if you go up and do this again and you land on your head, like this is a completely different story. So, yeah. I mean, that is a great example of a mental of, of your mental health affecting your physical health. You know, her head is not in the right place. So she literally can't figure out where the ground is when she's doing multiple flips and twists in the air. Like, that's dangerous. That's so dangerous. So, yeah, it's like I just I'm I'm just so proud of Simone and everything that she's done, because I think also she's setting a precedent. And same thing with the comments that Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. has made, because it's it's showing that even when you are the strongest person in the world, when you are the best in the world at your sport, when you're the best in the league, at your sport, you can still struggle with things that aren't strictly physical. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of kids who see Simone pulling out of the Olympics and taking care of herself. There's going to be a lot of kids who see and hear. I mean, he made those comments at a youth camp. So there's yeah. going to be a lot of kids who see and hear these comments and then know that if they're having men- like if they're struggling mentally, it's OK, because then they say, well, Odell Beckham Jr. is going through this, too. So it's okay for me to go through this. Right, yeah. like these are these are huge comments. And I'm so proud of OBJ for saying this um, mm-hmm. at camp on Sunday. And I'm so proud of Simone for, you know, putting herself up first, which is what she needed to do. Yeah. And I think this is just serves as another reminder. Like, yes, we watch these people on TV. We don't know them personally. Right? We just see them. We see how the media portrays them. We see clips of, of them. We watch them play their sport or perform their craft. But it's you always have to bring it back to they're also human. They have the same things that impact us, impact them, right? There's, there's friendships, there's love lives and marriages, there's children, there's physical health. There, there's all of these things that they're not immune to that. They're not, they're not just because they are professional athletes doesn't make them immune to any of those things. So I just think it's important to 
always remember that they are human. At the end of the day, they're not going to be a professional football player or professional gymnast for the rest of their lives. They are going to be a human being. And I, I think it's great that they are speaking out about it and not shying away from it. Because unfortunately, there, they are, they, there are people that portray them as being weak because of this. And I think it's the exact opposite. I think it takes great strength and courage to admit when you are struggling mentally. All right, so let's have some fun. Got a few more things left in the show this evening. Thanks for sticking around with us. But we're gonna play a little game. So this is the time where we're gonna do a giveaway. So get ready, get your Twitter fingers, your Facebook fingers ready to comment. Uh, <laughs> your Facebook fingers. <laughs> um, so training camp obviously is going to continue over the next few weeks. We're gonna play a little game called fill in the blank. So go ahead and comment. We're gonna give away a few t-shirts. We'll announce that after the show. Um, so don't think we forgot about you, but don't worry if you don't win on the giveaway tonight. We are giving our listeners a 20% discount code for the heavy store um, at the brown at, at the heavy store. Um, there are Browns t-shirts. There's obviously other um, shirts as well that you can use a discount for. Again, it's 20% off. You can find it going directly to the Browns Facebook page or by going to www.heavy-store.com. And thank you for putting the, the link up there. Okay, guys, Brittany and Meredith, I'm going to start with this one. And for everyone listening, following along, please jot your responses in. All eyes are going to be on blank this training camp. Baker Mayfield. Mm. I am. Mm, I'm having a tough time because I think that OBJ is definitely going to be up there. But I feel like the defense, like I'm just going to go with the defense as a whole, because I think people are going to be really interested to see Jadavion across from miles. They want to see what John Johnson is made of. Like, I think oh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on the defense at training camp. I put this question in here and then I didn't really think about what my answer was. <laughs> Ooh, we're getting a, a variety of, of answers here. Lots yeah, of answers. I mean, yes, there really are. A lot of people are jumping in with Baker. Um, someone said on Baker and Odo. Oh, someone said oh, injury. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that one. I like that one. Um, I think you guys are all right. I think there's a lot of different players you can target on this. Um mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm going to go with a kid from Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> That's your mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Odell, actually. A few people said Odell, too. Okay. Number two. Browns should prioritize fill in the blanks, contract extension. So there's quite a few that could get extended. A lot of differing opinions here. Are we talking about this training camps, like the season we're in now? Yes. Obviously, okay. you know, there's been discussions about, is Baker going to get extended this year? There's Nick Chubb. There's Denzel I Ward. I think I'm at the point now where I'm like, I think they're just going to wait to do Baker next season. That's that's how I feel too. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to try to get Chubb done. 
I yeah, think they, that's probably got the most likely. Yeah. Yeah, because that like Nick Chubb is one that you definitely don't want to let go um, because he makes every offense that he's in dynamic. But then you're also fighting against the analytics of running backs and their decreased production after year five. So I think that I think they should get him first. They really should, because then they can figure out, okay, how many years, how much are we willing to pay him? Like, I think that Nick Chubb should be a top priority. Yeah, Baker Baker's an interesting one too because you have Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Obviously, there's there's been a lot of conversation about them and what their contracts are going to be and will that impact the decision that the Browns make on him, the amount of money, etc. Uh so it, it's going to be an interesting interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, the thing with that is to this point Lamar and Josh Allen have both been more successful than Baker. Like, it's hard to, to disagree with that. So I don't know that you, you should think that Baker would want them to do it now just because they're going to set the standard. You know what I mean? But I could see why Andrew Barry would want to wait till next season because you're going to give Baker this full season to prove himself fully for the first you know he was good last season but let's see if you could do it again before we're going to sign you to you know an extension and i get that he's he's right now he's not worth as much as lamar or josh allen but next year he might be yeah that's what i think shameless plug by the way because we have our discount code up there i forgot to mention the discount code it's twbs stands for that's what b said but listen guys i'm wearing my feed chub shirt speaking of chub We need a sign chub. Sign chub. Yes. Chub. Yes. So yeah, you guys can get that one on there. Uh sign chub. How about that? Ben, I know you're you're behind the scenes. Uh all right. So question number three. Breakout player of the camp will be fill in the blank. I do have an answer for this one. Anthony Schwartz. That's what I was going to say. Oh, he's, really? Yeah. Yeah, he seems very he, determined. He does. Well, yeah, because, yeah, so, because we're thinking just camp in general. So the rookies are there to prove themselves. Yeah. My reasoning for Anthony Schwartz is he's got, like, his hands aren't that great. Like, he's, like, notorious for dropping passes, but his speed is outstanding. So if he can get his hands squared away, he'd be a great punt returner. So, I mean, I just... I think he's going to be out there with the little, um, the shoop thing, the thing with the wheels that throws the footballs and go shoop. And then he's going to catch them. Machine. Yes. The, the jumps. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name. The swoops. <laughs> Sue, Sue Mollis in the comments again, the kid from Notre Dame. I just love how that's her answer. For everything. <laughs> there we go. Case Keenum. What? Oh, David. <laughs> I like, who said Case Keenum? Get it. Do we have an eject button? <laughs> oh, Harrison Bryant. Yeah, there's That's a, a good one. Yeah, Donovan People Jones. Yes. Yeah, I like I like that. Um, all right, and I mean some of these answers could apply to this as well. So our mm-hmm. last question before we wrap up the show. Surprise, blank isn't going to make the roster. I don't even want to think about this one because I have I two. know. I have it narrowed down to two and I don't want it to happen to either one of them. Oh, but boy. I okay. Just have a feeling. Okay, what's your feeling? So number one, and I hate to say it, but 
Kadero Hodge might be the one left out. Oh, I know. I was thinking about him or Higgins too. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. wide receiver room is packed. I know. Yeah. And if you think that DPJ is going to have a break and, you know, you got Anthony Schwartz coming up. It just, and you have OBJ, Jarvis. Jarvis. Like, Higgins. Yep. I just feel like as yep. good as Kadero Hodge was last year I when they him. called on him, because, you know, they were very short last year. They <laughs> just, <laughs> Everyone's saying Mac Wilson. Guys, that's yeah. an easy answer. Like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is Mac that a was surprise? the other one that I was thinking of, but I didn't want to say it. We're supposed figures. to say surprise. What if Mac Wilson has breakout player? Oh, I, I, I am nobody picked him for that. For it. I am you brain for it. He Dang. is going to, oh my god, his like his Twitter is going to explode if he's the breakout <laughs> player of camp. So, Michael, we're on the same page. I was going to say Dearness Johnson as well, which congratulations, Dearness. See, they just had a baby. <laughs> but here's the thing. So if we look at players like Kaderil or Hollywood um, or some of the others that we mentioned, like I said, those are those are highly talented players and yeah. they're they're not going to be unemployed for long. Like there yeah. are other teams that are going to scoop those guys up very quickly if they yeah. get cut. So. I mean, I know Mac Wilson gets a lot of slander. Um, I did hear he came into camp in very good shape. I don't know if that was ever a question mark for him, really, right? He always seemed to be in really he's good shape. He's always been a beast. Yeah, like, yeah. he's never, he's yeah. Specimen. Well, but was it Photoshop or was it not Photoshop? I mean, it like, it might have been Photoshop. <laughs> there was that one instance, but I guess in, you can't Photoshop real life if someone saw him in person. But I do have to bring up, because we were texting about this a few days ago when he posted his workout. He was like oh throwing God. a medicine ball up in the air and then punching. And we were all just like, what? purpose is this can you does this help your tackling i don't know but i was just like i just oh god and then like nick chubb is posting his workouts where he has so much weight on his bar when he's doing squats at the bar like okay those bars are 45 pounds okay yeah and that thing was like bending across his back and i'm like i have literally never seen a barbell break before in my life but if it's going to happen, it might be with the 525 pounds that Nick Chubb had on it. And he was doing multiple reps. It's not like he was just doing one rep maxes. He was doing like five. Like, oh, my God. These comments Mac, are go- cracking me up, by the way. Yeah, everyone is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Mac might need to go work out with uh, Nick Chubb and take some notes. Like, don't punch a medicine ball, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're going to wrap the show up. Um, but one last thing, did you guys see Jarvis Landry? He, he had on his, in his press conference, he was wearing a chain dogs got to eat. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. You got to, Brittany, you got to check this out. I feel like we all need that for our show. Oh my God. Can we all, can we get matching jewelry that says dogs got to eat? Yes. Let's get sunglasses, like big sunglasses. Yes. I'm there. All right. Well, we thank you all for joining us live tonight joining in on the conversation. This was a lot of fun. Um, Like we said, uh, we do have a promo code out there. It's posted that you guys can see. Um, Use code TWBS for 20% off at the Heavy Brown store. Get your gear before the season starts. And if you guys liked listening to us live, get ready because teaser, you're going to be seeing a lot more of us in the next few weeks. Uh, We got some special things lined up for you right here on this Facebook page. Uh, potentially the YouTube page. Um, So we are really, really excited for the season, the 2021 season, and to talk more Browns football with you guys. 
do more giveaways, do more fun, interact, interactive, um, fill in the blanks with you. We're going to have a lot of things to talk about over the next few weeks. We thank you all for joining us live. If you want to catch us on download, you can find us on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever your listening platform is. And we will see you guys all next week. Thanks for tuning in.